Welcome everybody back to Vale of Sound. It's video interview Sunday here. It's the middle of March and we are, or I am, very, very happy to have Atlio Dowd here on our show. And before anybody asks, that man is like a multitasker in many, many bands and many, many projects. Atlee, thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> our pleasure. The first question <laughs> that I ask everybody is, what is the band merch or band shirt that you are wearing today? Today, we have Deathbed Tapes. Mm. who very graciously did a release for me last year. And so I proudly wear their their monster. <laughs> yeah. I, I wear something that you will also probably know, Mastodon. Of course. Yes. So uh, then where... I have the where... pleasure of a, of a, of a young, young son who introduces me to all that stuff. So I'm familiar with Mastodon. <laughs> yeah, although they are around nearly as long as you. I mean, like, they have bands before, but, you know, of course, Atlanta and Savannah, those are different scenes. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> so, Adley, where are we catching you right now? Where is home at the moment? Home right now is Western New Jersey. Um, ah. I gave up. I gave up urban life. For the moment, anyway, um, during the pandemic, and decided it was time to have a home and property and chickens and a garden and all that kind of stuff. And so that's where I am. I'm a mile from the from the Delaware River. Ah, okay. Then, in connection to one of the records that we want to talk about, I just want to you know, in a way, get the thing rolling into a fun direction. First question, are you a forward-thinking person. <laughs> I am. <laughs> cool. So forward that I called my album Forward. <laughs> I guess you know where I'm going to. Um, you know, would yeah. you say that you are one of those persons that is reminiscent about old times and feeling nostalgia or really like, okay, this is the moment, this is where we live, this is what we do? I think it's a combination of both. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Not to be overly tender, you know, or, or reminiscing about, you know, every little detail of the past, but taking some of those ideas and bringing them into the future with you. Mm -hmm. Like, what have we learned, right? We take all that with us. Definitely. So for me, it's not either. It's not completely new. It's also not completely old. Mm -hmm. um, the idea with, um, with, with the solo music really was to sort of, I wanted to explore working with sound again, the way I used to with Genesis. Um, because aside from Psychic TV, Genesis and I would do gigs on our own, just the two of us. And I would sort of create an environment that Jen would then sing over or talk over. And so I wanted to continue doing that exploration, but on my own, you know, almost sort of having Jen with me in a sense, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so it's been a cool experience, but it's also kind of led me to discovering other things or maybe taking other directions with the sound that I wouldn't have with Genesis. Mm -hmm. Right. So a little more, um, exploration into the weird. Mm -hmm. it's, it's funny if you, if you mention that, because for everybody out there who doesn't know who, what he's talking about, no, he's not talking about the, uh, 
rock rock band of the 70s which was uh, sorry to say it like that but was, which was fucked up at the moment when phil collins took the mic and left grumkit no he um Adley is talking <laughs> about genesis p orridge uh the can i say head behind psychic tv um sure and um one of those enigmatic mysterious but at the same time so outgoing and fascinating persons that he, she, them was able to radiate all of that even through YouTube. And uh, yeah, Atlee has yeah. been friends and and part of Psychic TV um, until the passing of Genesis P. Orridge. Might I ask that one little question? How was working with Genesis? It was great because we were friends first mm -hmm. and in business second. So that mm -hmm. was that kind of made everything a lot more palatable because I had come from being in a rock band long-term where it was just like a lot of aggravation and a lot of fighting and all this kind of stuff. And when Genesis and I decided after already being friends for years, we decided to make music together. And, you know, I said, if we can sort of like keep it to friendship, mm. you know what I mean? Pleasant experience. And so we really worked, we worked really hard together to kind of, create that environment and keep that going you know so working together was really nice in that genesis really like let me be free mm -hmm. to like genesis really trusted me it was just kind of like if you think it's good let's do it would you would you say that for a real free thinker that is a huge necessity to also let the others think freely i think it's a it's a great idea. It, I don't think it always happens, but yeah, I think that is actually kind of an important statement, right? Because if you don't allow other people to be free, then that's not being free, right? Mm. That also means that you're, in a way, yourself are not being free. But let's get back to the new album, By Yourself. We'll also talk, talk about another album in a little bit, but your new album, your solo album, is called F Brackets Hour minus word for word or for word or however we want to call it um why that ambiguity does the number four have any kind of si special significance to you or is it just it's a word not, play? it's the word it's not really about the number the, the numeral four it's mm -hmm. about forward right being what direction am i going to go now right pandemic, Genesis dies, all this stuff happens. I'm just kind of like, what do I do? I'm going to march forward. But when I mm -hmm. thought about all of the conversations and looked through all of my diaries of like conversations, especially when Genesis first died, I talked to Genesis all the time because we were always on the phone, email, texting. And so that, that lack of presence there, the only way for me to get through it was to talk. And so I would just openly talk to Genesis, you know? And so looking through these notes and, and how Jen would extrapolate certain meanings from combinations of words. I was just kind of like, my brain is my ward, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, so it's our ward that's mm -hmm. happening here, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're marching forward. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the idea behind that, that title. Wonderful idea. Your brain is your ward, the place where you keep your sanity. Wonderful. I like that. Um, the new record, it is, can I say harsh ambient? 
because I'm finding yeah. it very hard to put it into for a mu music journalist, of course, a necessity, put it into a, a kind of category. Is it harsh ambient to you? Not to me. So what would you say it is? I think it's more cinematic than it is harsh. Mm -hmm. um, there are aggressive tones, of course, mm -hmm. you know, but I think the difference between what I'm doing and what I've seen other people do is that mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not turning it up to 10 and I'm not pressing the button really hard, mm -hmm. you know. The the sort of the movements, right, towards an epiphany, towards a crescendo, mm -hmm. I feel like with harsh noise end up always with uh, that's true. You know, just obliteration, you know. And what I'm seeking to do is to kind of maybe end on a different note. You know what I mean? That's kind of gonna mm -hmm. make people wonder where they could go next, mm -hmm. you know. So would you say this is more this quiet army than FX twin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, though I'd have to. I, it's I, I know it's not Apex Twin, but I'd have to listen to this Quiet Army. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I can I can see that. Um, yeah, so maybe it's more ambient. And what I also liked about it, and here, I think your drumming background, at least for me, comes into play. When I listen to songs like Galactic Immersion, the opener of the album, um, it is electronic. No question about that. It sounds very electronic organic but electronic and at the same time at some point we get the drums or the beats in the background and it sounds very tribal in a way is that the way that you wanted to do this stuff ambient on the one side and tribal emotional on the other Yes. Yes, very like you know as much digital as there is analog, mm -hmm. right? For me, and as much I don't know varied emotion, mm -hmm. you know. So not so much aggression, not always aggression, right? No. But sometimes sadness, sometimes mm -hmm. joy, you know. And to me, the tribal drums speak better, right? Mm -hmm. Or speak more authentically. From my from my myself, right? That's mm -hmm. how I can express myself the best is by playing with soft mallets and kind of, you know, recording things so you can hear the sound of the mallet on the drum. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I get what you mean. So, is this another step in your ever expanding search for sounds? I hope so. <laughs> I, I would definitely say I so. very much hope so because as as I travel along, the other the other thing that happens is the the learning, right? Like the technical mm -hmm. aspect of mm -hmm. things. I had prior to the pandemic, I had never really made anything, assembled anything on the computer mm -hmm. or use software or whatever. I would just make sound and record it, and that was mm -hmm. the end result. Mm -hmm. So the the ability to layer and bring in different sounds and mix in things, all from this organic collection of sometimes like stems from studio sessions that I've participated mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. but just as equally me going out with my recorder and my microphone and playing with my chickens and getting getting them to make weird squawks for me that are then processed and yeah. turned into patterns, you know? Which also underlines the organic nature of it all, doesn't it? Um, yeah. 
you also did the artwork for the record, if I'm correct. Um, and, and I know that yeah. you also do a lot of visual art, or at least did. I think you still do. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I do. So... Graphic designer by trade. Ah. So what I'm a comes graphic more... designer by trade. So that's what comes more natural to you, the music or the visual arts? I think they're both kind of equal. Because mm -hmm. it's, I mean, I mean, visual art in a way because it's my job. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of have to do it on command. But uh, but in terms of enjoyment of it or interest in it, it's kind of equal for me. Mm -hmm. And I feel really fortunate for that, that for the last 20 years, I've been able to do both, mm -hmm. you know. And can you give us entirely a, one other. Can you give us an example of one of the latest artworks that you did for maybe another act or another band? Yeah, I mean, last year I I worked on some really exciting projects. I mean, maybe not exciting to everybody, right? Because one of my mainstay clients is Billy Joel, and um, what you know, I love that guy, and I I love his music. <laughs> He's kind of, you know, it's hard not to like it. And I've been on the yeah. job for 12 years. So it's like, it's a, it's just a cool thing. But, but in terms of like cool, you know, cool artists or whatever, last year I worked with Diamanda Galas on her new album package. Um, well, I, I would, I would still prefer Billy. Uh, although I love Diamanda, but here, of course, you, that my wife always says, you don't listen to any pop music, but Billy Joel, you can listen to all the time, um, which is true. Uh, also, because I, I like the the biographical background of his family coming from Germany, having this, having been disowned in the Third Reich, and all of that. It's harsh stuff, but on the same time, it's very interesting how he deals with history. Fun, always fun. But um, before yeah. I before I praise Billy Joel too much on an, on a podcast that he will probably never ever listen to, um, <laughs> you have some very very interesting song titles on the record are song titles to you important or do songs simply have to have a title i think that it's important to title them um but usually my titles have more to do with an inside joke in my own head mm -hmm. um you know so it's sort of like the sigil you know it's, it's putting like the final the final bits on it it's like what, what are we going to call it you know and it's going to be more than likely called something that is going to make me laugh, that everybody's going to go, what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that but also... that's something that I, you know, I've always appreciated is the idea of like unusual song titles mm -hmm. and my new yeah. group, Scorpion T, they have such a wordsmith, right? Doing vocals that like every single sentence this guy's guy utters is clever. And you're like, what did you we'll, just say? <laughs> we'll come to Scorpion T in a moment. But indirectly, yeah. you already answered my next question, because it would have been, does humor belong in music? Yeah. I mean, I, the, my, the, the one thing I could say about that is from as early age as I can remember, right? There's a couple of things. There's humor, and there's also um, fear. Mm. Right? If something elicits fear in me, and I feel that same fear like I did when I was a kid, I'm talking about innocuous fear, not profound. Um, my mm -hmm. life is in danger. But when you're four years old and you wake up in the middle of the night and you wander downstairs and you hear a scary noise and you see mm -hmm. a shadow, 
Mm. It brings that, it's all that that comes with it. And that feeling is still really important to me. And so if I tap into that feeling while I'm working, mm. that's a huge bonus. Mm. And that will forever make us into that track or look at that title and kind of have that little kid feeling of like self-soothed satisfaction. You know yeah. what I mean? But so because the the fear is almost is humorous to me because it's that like, mommy, I'm scared, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. That's where the humor comes in as well. It's kind of like all one package. Yeah, it is. If I read it correctly, then you also shot some videos for parts of the music in, in Latin and Central America. Um, in, in which way yeah. do these videos go along with the music? Are they enhancing or are they trying to explain? I'd say enhancing because their ex explanation is really more in the movement and the color than it is in the actual subject being shot. Okay. Because there, it's everything... What I discovered on these trips and what inspired me was all of this sort of like soft and gentle movement mm -hmm. of palm fronds and water and things like that. And the idea of taking those those scenes and repeating them so that they create inverted mandalas or mm -hmm. something else becomes exposed by that. Mm -hmm. um, that was kind of the idea behind them. And that's something I've been doing for a couple of years now and really... I have a huge collection of these videos um, and they're really fun and all really short and entertaining, you know. It's always difficult to talk with musicians about their influences because, of course, they also need their work to be seen as self-sufficient and as singular in a way. But were there any kind of influences musical or non-musical influences on this writing process on this particular one um i'd have to really go back and think of what i was listening to at the time mm -hmm. um i think that i kind of you know because some of this had been bouncing around in my head for so long i think a lot of it was kind of predetermined mm -hmm. you know like i had a set of sounds i wanted to work mm -hmm. with, you know I started shooting those those videos in South America, you know, and all of that stuff. So it, it just kind of like became part of the collection, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, is it or would it be possible for you to perform this live? I have. Cool. Just twice. But um, <clears throat> yeah, the videos are, there's an expanded, you know, form of the videos that's like a program that's like an hour long. Mm -hmm. um, so I have that projected and I just used electronic sound beds um, on the computer through the PA and then played acoustic instruments on top. So live, like lots of drums and cymbals and hand percussion all being performed by me while the soundtrack is playing. How was the reaction to that? Or let's put it like that. I mean, How I, did you like the reaction? What do you right. think about the reaction? So they were very different. Mm -hmm. The first one, the reaction was very rowdy. And mm -hmm. that surprised me. You know, I was, wasn't quite sure what, like, and I was being encouraged to play more. And I was like, but I'm not really sure what else to do at this point, you know. 
So let's just leave it at that. It was mm-hmm. it was 30 minutes. Just let, let's just leave it there. Mm-hmm. And people still write about that experience that they had. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting one. And then the second gig was done last summer. Not too far from here at a, a, a DIY space. And um, it was much more sit down and formal. Um, mm-hmm. And so that felt different. I felt mm-hmm. more like I was doing something in a theater, whereas in Montreal, it was more, the crowd was right there, you know. Mm-hmm. There was less distance, right? So you, you yeah. spoke. So you in Montreal, already... people express themselves. You know? mm-hmm. so, so you've already. It was hinted... different than people sitting, you know. Yeah, of course. Of course. I don't like already the, the posture already makes your listening experience a different one, right? Um, yeah. You, you've already hinted at the name of your new band, Scorpion T. And T, just like the drink, before anybody asks. A wonderful band name. I love it because it's elegant and mus- muscular at the same time. Um, but can you tell us who else is in the band? Because, you know, trying to find stuff on the web about this band, what kind of stuff they do, and if there is like a snippet somewhere, that is not easy. So who is in Scorpion T? Yeah, it's not easy because it's brand new, right? And so it's all like happening as we speak. So okay. there's no, you know, there's not a lot of presence on the internet mm-hmm. yet. But Scorpion T is a name that I came up with based on a Butthole Surfers short form video from the 80s called Entering Texas. Okay. And um, I don't know if you've ever seen it or familiar with it, but Gibby Haynes greets his guests, right, with a very high voice and something on his hair that's making his hair do this. And he says, you want some scorpion tea? (laughs) And that was like, it stuck in my head ever since then. And he then goes over to a grill and masturbates into a pan, right, and pours it into a glass and gives it to his guests. Funny. (laughs) Not that we're going to do you know but it is a little you know it's funny but it's also a little bit sinister and you know so to, to, to put a I joke really... on top of it it must have been a shot glass right <laughs> I, if you look at the video it's like a dirty nasty coffee cup or something <laughs> like that you know but if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it it's okay. 15 minutes well spent you know okay. and um so I love the idea of calling a band that and kind of wanted to do something that was really ballsy, um, mm-hmm. kind of bringing in psychic TV influence, Toilet Boys influence, Kailesa, like all these different projects that I've been involved with and make a primarily rock record, but something that was just so like psychedelic far out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, something really like arresting, you know, mm-hmm. um, but also that has gentle moments as well. Um, so that's kind of how the, like what the concept was. And last May, uh, my friend Christian, who I, I, he and I talk all the time and, and, you know, he had been working on his own album, living in Colombia, where he's from. And he said, what I, what I really need is for you to fly to Colombia and play drums on this record. That would, that would complete it for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was one of those wonderful things with the pandemic. It's May. There's there's not a lot of people flying. And I'm like, oh, I can go to Colombia for $400. <laughs> so I went and had always wanted to go, had always wanted to see where he lived and 
grew up and all that kind of stuff. And we had six amazing days filled mm -hmm. with making music and exploring Columbia. Mm -hmm. And um, so at that point, the band still wasn't discussed. I was just going to play on this record and go home. And he started playing me other music that he had written. And I said, this is really what I've wanted to do mm -hmm. for years. Is this what you what you're presenting to me is really like. So we started with four songs, wrote a bunch more, um, wrote a few more after that. And I had a like an ongoing deal with a record label that's no longer ongoing. But I was like, I want to make this record right now. So that's just mm -hmm. we did five weeks of pre-production, just went right in and made it. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's been exciting starting this new thing from the ground up and all new images, logos, photos, music, you know, videos, and just a whole new, I can't wait for it to all start going out into the world, you know. Through the two little snippets that I heard or that I was able to listen to, I had the, the image of... <sighs> Let's say psychedelic glam, glam rock means post-punk. Is that in any way mm -hmm. accurate or can we expect a lot more or a lot more diversity? You can, that's accurate, but you can actually expect more diversity. And I would cool. say that would come from the influences of the locales that we're from. Um, so there is some, you know, sort of Latin influence in it as well. Mm -hmm. in a very subtle way but mm -hmm. in a way that makes us all really smile you know mm -hmm. because you don't expect to hear kind of like a a rap in the middle of a a goth rock tune you know what i mean no but we've got no, that in some songs and it, so it, it already and so it's uh, cool rises my interest yeah i've definitely i've played this for some folks especially people who don't have the background in that music Mm -hmm. And things will shift, and like the response I always get is, "Whoa, that was cool," you know, because mm -hmm. it just will veer off into something else, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. So, when can we expect to hear maybe like a full song, or maybe get a full video, or when will more Scorpion tea be poured into our cups? <laughs> I would say in May. May cool. should be the beginning. Um, awesome. Record's done. I'm, I'm listening to the masters this afternoon, finishing the artwork, and it'll go into production. And we want to drop the first single in May. So wow, awesome. So, um, and you worked for this record. You worked with a record label that I haven't heard before. Uh, Give take life. If I if I'm correct, is that right? Mm -hmm. How did how did Give that take? I believe is there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How how did that come to life then? <laughs> <laughs> so we were introduced um, actually by Dan, um, who is doing publicity for me right now. And um, because I had been working with a label and it suddenly took a left turn mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, I don't know what to do with this record now. Yeah. I didn't really want to self-release again because it's I just, I've done that. I did that with Psychic TV a lot and just kind of wanted to take an easier path. And Dan introduced us, and they loved the record. Mm -hmm. And it was that that easy. I was like, okay, let's go. So would you then say that Scorpion T is now your band, your main project? Or is it one of many? Yeah. It will be my main project. You know, mm -hmm. I'm still, I still intend to do solo work and perform solo. 
mm -hmm. when possible or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the main focus will be sprint. Yeah, because that's that's the format that I feel most comfortable in. And the thing about Scorpion T that's cool too is that my solo stuff also aligns with Scorpion T with the mm -hmm. music. So those there there are going to be tracks, maybe not album tracks, but there will be tracks that are less traditional and more ambient mm -hmm. as well. Awesome. Which again and, already um, plays into that diversity so after, thing, right? Right. So after, you know, after Chris and I had, a, you know, like had our time together in Colombia, you know, he had, he had sort of disclosed that he intended to come back to the States during the summer to work and all that sort of thing. And I said, well, who can we, you know, so how do we fill out this band? Right. So his immediate response was Anthony Diaz on vocals, mm -hmm. who's the words I was telling you about mm -hmm. earlier. And I had known Anthony, you know, we, had, we weren't super close or anything like that, but his, his talent is, is amazing. Mm -hmm. um and his words are incredible and then it's like all right well who's going to play bass and i have a 32 year old son um who is a fantastic bass player but doesn't you know i hadn't been playing and i was like kiddo i think it's time to uh you know get you back on stage again you know mm -hmm. and he heard the music and he was immediately sold he's just like i get to be in a in a band with my dad which most kids maybe wouldn't like but he does <laughs> yeah and... but most kids don't have you as a father that's true. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the idea that we can make music together, right? And he and he want he loves the music and wants to do it. So mm -hmm. he immediately joined and, and the lineup was complete. Okay. So it's cute because we it's like three three Latin guys and and me. <laughs> um would you say that in any way you are a, a workaholic, a man driven by his own need for, for work and for sound? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, art and music was my best friend growing up. So mm -hmm. it still is. It's kind of where I go for, you know, it's where I go for comfort. It's also where I go to suffer sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. but I'd rather, I'd rather spill it into the music than into my life, you know. Mm -hmm. You have already mentioned a, a certain band from the mm -hmm. southern US that a lot of people will have heard. And um, I cannot let you go without at least talking for a few moments about Kailessa. Um, I'm not. I'm not asking about where the band is right now because we all know where they are. If you don't, then come out of a rock where you are. Um, but how was it to be part of a band? I mean, like you were in two bands that are highly revered all over the world. But Kailessa to me is something that always always got my mind going how was it to be in that band with all the others it was it was amazing it was amazing i, I felt really fortunate to be asked for one because mm -hmm. it's such a cool gig two drummers playing all these cool patterns and everything working with each other and i was just like wow i would love to do something like that but mm -hmm. where would i even begin and um i learned about kailessa from my son because um, he's always been turning me on to different groups and stuff like that, Mastodon, all that, right? So, you know, Dad, you got to hear this band. They have two drummers. They're so cool, you know? <laughs> I got so hooked on the record that when they came to town, we went to see them play, ended up meeting them, ended up hanging out, and then going to every show that they played when they'd come around. 
And they loved my son so much. I mean, they were so kind to him and, and generous and sweet. And um, and so I said, you know, I, I love what you guys do. And if you ever find yourselves in need of somebody to fill one of those spots, please call. Mm. And a decade later, I got a call. <laughs> and I was like, all right, um, sure. You know, that was very, fast. It was very sudden and very intense and and kind of like out of left field. You know, I wasn't really expecting to, to do that gig. And, you know, Phil called and he said, we need you down here in two weeks. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that was that was amazing. And we did some local shows to warm up. And then I did a really long European tour and a Russian tour with them as well. Mm -hmm. um, and some dates in Southeast Asia and Australia. For about eight months, I was constantly with them. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Were you ever involved in any of the songwriting or were you one of those people that you need to get that going on stage? No, it was more like songwriting they, they do on their own. And mm -hmm. um, so when I was living in Savannah for a few weeks while we were rehearsing, we did end up making a record, mm -hmm. um, a limited edition of 200 vinyl only. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just a jam in a studio. So I do feel vindicated in that way that I actually got to put something on wax with them, you know. It's like it's still one of those bands that I always can put on. Still remember driving six hours from here to a festival last year with a friend of mine, and we constantly play Kalasa all the time. Um, but you've already mentioned it. They have two drummers, or yeah, on stage Kalasa performed with two drummers. Um, how difficult is it to get that right? It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult because if you don't know like i was the new guy so i had mm -hmm. to fit right mm -hmm. i couldn't be the the story, the story that mm -hmm. stuck out it took us a minute to figure out how to do it because you could very easily just play the same patterns mm -hmm. right and just have the match and that's it but if you have two drummers they really wanted to like have lots going on you know mm -hmm. So after a few rehearsals, I said, I want to try something different. And I brought out a pair of soft mallets, mm -hmm. drumsticks. Mm -hmm. And I tried just kind of doing more punctual, right, rolls and fills and things like that, accentuating rather than trying to match exactly what Carl was doing. Yeah. And that's where we broke through. It was like, that was the thing, you know. And so it really worked for us. I think for every drummer they have, it's a different story because Carl is the mainstay. He is the yeah. primary drummer. Yeah, of course. Any other drummer has to work around Carl. Yeah. You know, they also, you know, they did a lot of work with, which I thought was so fascinating. They would speed up and slow down the music live, right, to create a certain response. Yeah. And I wasn't aware of that at first and had to quickly learn what Carl, you know, because all of a sudden it's like, we're, we're going, we're going faster, you know. Yeah but not so much faster that it's like, whoa, what was that? But to the person playing it, it's significant. Yeah, of you course. It was, it was definitely a lot to digest really fast. But once we all got our footing, we had such a great time. You know, socially, musically, all of it. It's really fun. Two, two questions connected to that. Um, you've said that, you know, speeding up or slowing down. What is more complicated for you as a, as a second drummer, speeding up or slowing down? 
they're both the same. Okay. Right. Because they're both, they're both a change. Mm -hmm. And so speeding up or slowing down would happen at the same, it would be gradually the same in either direction. Right. So like, you know, right. Same. So it's, um, it would really just be, I'd constantly have to look to my left and watch Carl's hands at first. And then, you know, after a few shows, you get, okay, in that song, that's going to ramp up that way. or That's going to come down that way. And the other question that, of course, has to be asked, would you say that for a band like Kailessa, as as brilliant, awesome, and mind-blowing the riffs are and the guitar work is, but to me, I always had a feeling that that pull effect was mainly created by those drum beats and by the two drummers. Would you agree with that? That is a huge part of the a pull factor. You mean pulling you, like pulling you into the yeah, music? Yeah, like getting you into that trance-like oh. state of mind. Absolutely, absolutely, and and honestly, like those the the Kailesa drummers, visually for me were unmatched. You know, like mm -hmm. that's all I watched when I go see them play before I was in the band, and it was always that way with them until last year. I saw another band with dual drummers that completely blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And the the shared brain is even more intense. Which one? To the point where I couldn't speak. I, I didn't speak to either of them until I had seen them several times because I was so like, I can't speak to them. So it's so intense. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a band called OCs. The OCs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is another band. So when I learned about them show. because... Oh well, let's let we can talk about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, Thomas Thomas, the keyboard player, is the is co-producing our record. Um, Ooh, so I never Scarf heard of season. Like, hey man, you know, cool. Yeah, come see come see the band or whatever. And I had never seen two drummers do that. Mm. Do that. I mean, we yeah. hang up. You know, please like watch something live of them because your jaw will just drop to the ground. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Um, I, I've seen them once, and um, they they do it in a very very different way. But how they do it is, yeah, like you say, it's unmatched, basically. So um, yeah. we are done with the normal questions, but I always like to have that little fun at the end, which I call the infamous quick fire round. You get ten questions. It's always A versus B, roses versus tulips, AC versus DC, and you have to decide on one of them and give a short explanation. Um, television versus Blondie. <laughs> That's hard. Blondie. It doesn't get easier, believe me. Okay. The re and the reason why it's not musical, it's because I'm I'm friendly with Debbie and I, I think she's a sweetheart. I know. I know. But so apart from you and Debbie up. being pals, musically. <laughs> musically, it would have to be television. I think that they were so much more they they really were so much more innovative, even though their their output was less. Mm. You know, that first television album, it never gets old ever gets old. It never gets old and it never gets matched in a way, does it? That's true. That's true. Um, disappointing when I saw them, you know, sort of in later days doing it because it didn't have that same 
didn't really because it didn't have that spark for me but uh but as a record it's it's perfect mm. it's a perfect record so i would say television in that case staying around the same time the clash versus the sex pistols definitely the sex pistols and to me this is as age old as beatles or stones no that is easy it's, <laughs> it's, it's always beatles to me it's always beatles <laughs> you know like but see to me it's always the stones right? it's fun so yeah, like, it's... i see it like the pop group that's more sanitized right or the pop group that's a little dirty right and so the clash to me were a little sanitized and the sex pistols were dirty i won't say what i'm thinking right now <laughs> robin gristle versus no well, i'd love to hear it oh no i was just being like oh dirty boys definitely <laughs> I would say Neubauten. Uh yes. I was actually never a fan of Robin Bristol. Um and it's and it should I, always I get, be Neubauten. I get why I get why people are enthusiastic about about Robin Bristol and I think that they they definitely challenged audiences in a way that many have not or, or will ever again. But Neubauten they they get they get the prize just simply based on innovation. You know, the things that I've seen and heard, I mean, more the things that I've seen, where I just, I can't even believe that that, that thing that they're playing is eliciting that sound, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you see it and you're like, how can that right. sound get a wet plastic tube? Yeah, that's true. Right. Um, connected to Neubauten is, of course, Nick Cave. So Nick Cave versus Nick Drake. Hmm. I am in a place in my life now where that is really hard to answer because I am a lifelong Nick Cave fan mm -hmm. and recently decided that I'm kind of over the last five years mm -hmm. and I'm not really buying any new records or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'd have to say Nick Cave only because of the birthday party, mm -hmm. um, because without that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Oh, really? That hit me when I was 15, 15 years old and completely changed the way I heard things. Which is understandable because they also completely challenged listeners. True. Yeah. And I actually seek that out as, as recently as a few months ago in the studio. I, I kept saying, like, I want that Roland S. Howard. I mm -hmm. want that. They used to put aluminum foil around the studio, around the amplifiers to make it shriek more. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but there we're back at the how does that sound get out of that thing, right? Yeah. Next one, Joy Division versus Bauhaus. Oh, these are hard. Um, I'll give you an easy one in a moment. I think just based on my taste, I would say Joy Division, even though mm -hmm. I love Bauhaus too. But I think that I think that Joy Division had something a bit more unique. Grits versus risotto to make it easy once in a while. <laughs> risotto, for sure. <laughs> Do I have to tell no. you why? <laughs> no. I'll just say next time you're in Central Europe, you come to my place and I'll make you a good risotto. I'm sure. I'm sure. You can take me on a matter. Uh, due to recent events, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar versus LeBron James. 
<laughs> I don't know who those people are. The two biggest basketball Sorry. scorers of the NBA of all time. I thought you would choose Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because some they are like part of a scene of Kailasa. Oh, really? Yeah, they were in a band. Yeah, never... Oh, weird. Yeah, no, I mean, it just, sports just kind of, you know, it was Super Bowl Sunday yesterday. Everybody's going, well, who are you rooting for? I'm like, I don't know. I'm I'm work. I'm making art. I'm not watching TV. <laughs> well, I watch TV, and I have to admit, it was one of the most fascinating Super Bowls ever. Um, Baroness versus Mastodon. I don't have enough experience to say, but I'm going to say Baroness because my son's a bigger fan of them. Even though I'm wearing a Mastodon shirt, it would always be Baroness for me because the first two albums are unmatched. Hmm. Uh, writing... I need to give those a better, better listen. Yeah, the red album and the blue album are just fantastic. Um, after that, it became a little, a little too proggy for me. Hmm. Now the. Nearly last one, uh, writing and recording versus touring. Recording. Um, there, all those things are very, very different, of course. Um, studio work, I mean, I could spend months, honestly, um, tweaking. And to me, that's very enjoyable. But there's also nothing like touring. Mm -hmm. So... They're, it's it's almost like they're they're so different to be able mm -hmm. to even compare. Um, but I would say, if I had to do a lifetime of, of studio work versus a lifetime of touring, I would take studio. Mm -hmm. And now a last couple, also based on the fact that they used to work with um, double. Um, let let's not say drums, but but with two sources of drumming. And percussion. Uh, neurosis versus swans. I definitely prefer neurosis. Um, but that's really just like a personal taste thing. Um, yeah. But the news the, the the latest version of swans is something that hasn't doesn't really speak to me. Mm -hmm. Um like I get it and I think it's 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 well done, but it doesn't mm -hmm. it doesn't make me I don't know, I don't feel drawn to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really enjoy Neurosis and mm -hmm. really enjoy their shows for the, um, in particular, their live shows for the psychedelic sound work that, that Dave, their sound person does. He's, he's yeah. really ex an exquisite sound man. He is. Um, he is. And I was lucky enough to work with him because he also worked with Kylesi. Ah, okay. Yeah. I've never seen anybody do sound as he does. Um, it's like a sixth band member life, I would say, in a way. Yeah. So, Adley, thanks for the time. Thanks for those pleasurable um, laugh, laughs, which I always enjoy. I think uh, people don't laugh enough, also about themselves. Um, everybody yeah. should listen to the new Adley O'Dowd record, which has been out since, um, isn't it late February? And uh, soon, we'll all drink scorpion tea. Atli, thanks for being on the show. Your your chance for any final last words. Yes, thank you. And please keep listening. I will. So thanks a lot. Take care. All right.
Bye-bye.